Hello, money cousin. This is the founder of Icon Nation and the host of this show, Asa Laveau. I am making sure that you, my money cousin, <laughs> yes, my money cousin, have clarity around my invitation to you joining Icon Nation. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to go to www.iconnation.co. I'll say that again, www.iconnation.co and join the other money cousins there. All right, let's get into it. Hello and welcome to Icon Conversations. I am your host, Ace Laveau. Welcome to another episode where we co-create iconic moments. If you have absolutely no idea who I am or what I am or how I came to be in your face or in your ears, my name is again Asa Laveau, not Asa, not Asa, not Asa, not Asia. Not that dude named Asha. I promise y'all, don't let those three little letters match y'all up. It is only Asa. And I am letting you know that you are in the right place at the right time for the right reason. Why? Because I believe that you too are iconic. So if you are like Asa, that's not a thing. I'm not iconic. Like, I think you're confused. Well, let's look at the definition of that word. The meaning of an icon is a person or thing widely admired especially for having great influence or significance in a particular sphere. So I beg to differ. If you really want to get clear about yourself, I ask that you get clear about the fact that you are in fact iconic because why? You have great influence or significance in a particular sphere. So what are we going to be discussing today on Icon Conversations? Well, it is a conversation that I didn't even know I needed. And I'm letting you know right now, not only do I need it, not only is it necessary, um, but you're gonna enjoy it. You're definitely going to enjoy this and you're definitely going to enjoy our guest for today. She is, hmm, I'm not gonna give you, first off, I'm not giving you the bio, I'm giving you Ace's bio. So Ace's bio about this human is that you will never, ever, 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 find another person like this when it comes to being able to not just give you business acumen, give you business understanding, but insight to how you be in relationship to what your business could be. So being able to marry and be fully seen as your fully expressed self, even if you've never fully expressed your entire self in your entire life, if you've never done that, please know that this human that I'm bringing before you can do that. Um, she does it with consent. So it's not like she's energetically molesting you at all. No, she is in the, the space to make sure that you understand or remind you of who you are, why you are, and how to be more of that rather than creating little clones of who she is you can fully tap in sit in and be saturated in the enoughness that you were born and brought into this life so without further ado i would love to introduce to you allison bird hello miss bird 
What's up, baby? <laughs> a lot, lots and lots. So I would you say that what I how I just introduced you, would you you feel that that's in alignment with how you would introduce yourself or the way you would accept being introduced? Of course, of course, okay. because it's your authentic experience of me and um i think it's accurate to parts of myself that i want reflected in the world so yeah awesome so to make sure that we start with a high level of clarity can you will you be able to what well, i know you can let me say this a different way because words mean things <laughs> i would like for you to tell the person that we are co-creating this episode with more about how you are choosing to show up in the world as it relates to commerce and as it relates to business. Yeah, you know, the world of business is very small in my life. And when I started in entrepreneurship, it was my everything. And I think that a lot of entrepreneurs start that way because Entrepreneurship is a life raft. It aligns you with your purpose. It gives you a sense of career. It gets you through the stages of development that help you deeply trust the calling that is on your life. And so entrepreneurship has grown me up. I started as a life coach. Then I went into leadership coaching. Then from there, I went into sales coaching and from sales into money, wealth, and frequency coaching. And all those iterations helped me become more of Allison. So who I get to be today is a person that's earned her way to living. And my joy is that the generations that come after me, including the generations that are presently living, including you, you don't have to work as hard as I did to earn my way to actually live my life. And that to me is a great reward of the generations that I've been a part of up until now. So Allison, you talk about working hard and earning the where you are right now. And while you are saying that the conversation or the, the side conversation, what I'm seeing in the virtual space as well as in person is this un, this term the soft life and with your the way you just expressed you know working hard um, and earning how do you see this conversation around the soft life is this something that you feel that we have completely misunderstood the essence of that or are you someone that feels as though you know what I don't know what you all think the soft life is, but it's not even what you consider it to be. It's something way more than that. <laughs> well, one of the codes of wisdom that I've activated over the last few years doesn't allow me to judge other people's path anymore. So no longer am I like, well, you're not doing that right. Um, and I say that not fully buffered to that, but I say that to continue to prophesy to myself and continue to align myself with that's my frequency of, of total acceptance of the way that anyone is choosing to do, be, and have their lives. Um, 
I believe that there is a global resignation that is happening against suffering. And the life of suffering, the path of suffering has overcome every category of life. You can compare if you want to, and we can say black people have suffered more than Asians. Asians have suffered more than Jews. Jews have suffered more than gays. Gays have suffered more. Like we can start to make a crisis of comparison if we want. But the truth of the matter is the intersectionality has become visible for all of us. That if my Asian sister is suffering, so is my black gay brother, and so is my et cetera, et cetera. So I believe that the soft life is calling all of us. Now, because the human condition is like extreme all the time, I think we're gonna see a lot of people go extreme. They're gonna go so soft and recognize they don't have any discipline. And so they're gonna look at their reality and go, the soft life doesn't work for me. Well, you must have the soft life with discipline in play. In digital marketing, we have what's called an if this, then that sequence. So if you're going to press the button on soft, you also wanna press the button on automation. You also wanna press the button on having a team to support you to market. You also wanna press the button on a content developer. So we can't just elect soft and not look at the ripple that's going to come when we vacate spaces and places that require our economy of attention in order for us to live a profitable and rewarding existence. So we're gonna see people go extreme. We're gonna see people not touch it at all. We're gonna see people do it really well. And those will become the teachers for the next leg of the race. So with, and how you just explain soft life, I align with, I believe like that definitely supports the way I am going forward, moving forward. Uh, while giving myself grace and space to sometimes not always get it right and right from my own expectation of what that needs to look like for myself, like even against the way I see me and rather than the way I see others, like, okay, if I desire a soft life, it looks like this, but however today, maybe it didn't, it didn't manifest in that particular minuscule idea of what was possible. Well, you know, and to just play with you on that <laughs> consciousness, the soft life is just like a weight loss life. Like if every day you've been eating burgers, fries, pizza, chips, soda, uh, Twinkies, the next day, you're not going to just stop eating that. You're going to eat burger, fries, soda, Twinkies, maybe not chips, maybe add strawberries. Then the next day you're going to, and so what most people find themselves flailing in their realities is when they try to go into fifth gear and they don't even know the navigation from gear one to two to three to four. So my invitation to everyone is if you're gonna go for the soft life, take yourself softly into it and give yourself two or three years to ease from the hard life, the life of struggle, the life of sacrifice, the life of overwhelm, the life of overextension and downshift yourself to rebuild your foundation so that you then can have a soft existence and feel safe in it. That meant a lot to hear, being able to incorporate uh, digestible morsels of soft 
rather than just going from a place of a concrete life to a complete marshmallow life. Like now you've interrupted your entire being and you might even cause yourself a little bit of, there's a ripping, like you're just not used to being so soft and now you might destroy the marshmallow that you now have <laughs> because you're not used to being, you know, you're not used to it. So that makes, <laughs> that makes complete sense. So thank you for that. And with the discipline part, I have been desiring to express my understanding and my desire for other people who want something soft. Like, how do I say you can be soft without being very Abraham Hicks about it, even though I am definitely an Abraham Hicks head? Um, but I've been waiting to find something. So thank you for giving me language around the discipline part, because yes, that is so true. You don't have the discipline and that's why you're not able to be as soft as you would like. Well, um, let's, would... Let's, bring a, let's, let's bring some softness to that sentence. Okay. Here's what's really true. We have all the resources that we need inside of us. However, it's like an equalizer. If you are way up in grief or loss, judgment or criticism, you're now taking space. So let's just say, let's, let's change it from an equalizer to uh, your energetic frequency has six spoons. Let's use a little bit of behavioral therapy, uh, spoon therapy there. So let's just say your energetics have six spoons. And let's say that you were abused as a child. And so let's just say that that energetic spoon now holds fear of being hurt. And so fear now has to hold a spoon. Then let's say you uh, were in an adult relationship and that person betrayed you. They, they lied, they cheated, they didn't do what they said. And so now you've got an energetic spoon of betrayal. So you've got fear and you've got betrayal. So you've got four more spoons. So let's say uh, you had a boss that gaslit you. And that boss made, you know, their behaviors inspired you to second guess yourself. And so now you don't have a lot of self-trust. You have um, instead rigidity and control. So now you've got rigidity, you've got control, you've got uh, fear, you've got. So as you're going, do you see how you have less room to hold on to discipline uh, resilience, patience, love, openness, connection, because majority of your spoons are filled by your wounds. That's why the soft life requires a soft exchange. Hold up that fear into the light. Don't force it up. Fear, I'm done with you. I'm not scared anymore. That's not fair. That is not fair. There are parts of you that are still scared. That rigidity makes sense to a very valid part of you. And until you have those conversations within yourself, you can't move those things out of the light, out of the light for yourself. That's why we see so many people step into the energetic of the spotlight and their marriages fail. Uh, we see things come out of the closet about their integrity. And that's why people become afraid of that. The work that I do today says, 
if you want to go into the spotlight, let's deal with the energetics of what's going on so that you can sustain the pressure and the intention and do it without the need of feeling like you have to perform or be perfect. And that's what helps us integrate the soft life with the spotlight and you get to really have it all. So you've dropped a couple of things, which you already know you do, especially how I feel about you. So the spoons filled with wounds, like being able to identify that immediately in my mind and see in my vision, you know, six spoons. And I'm like, literally, what am I giving spoons of, like, what am I digesting uh, willingly every single day? And now what am I choosing to digest every day? And the fact that there needs, there not needs to be, but I can allow a, a spoon exchange um, so that I can experience life and all that it has to be differently. And then the soft life and the spotlight. I believe that that's definitely where I am personally. And I feel that so many entrepreneurs who are the brands and faces or the spokespersons and the faces of their brands and of their businesses, they are feeling, because I speak to many of them, they're feeling as though if I want the spotlight, who am I to then also desire the soft life? Because the spotlight, everything that we've been told from watching, you know, episodes of Unsung to <laughs> Lifetime movies to biop biopics of other individuals, we're like, you must have this. Like that whole- Well, that's the breakdown. Yes. The breakdown is the sentence that you just said, I want the spotlight. That's actually not real. Okay. You, you and everyone listening to us, myself included, my human self included, you don't want the spotlight and I don't want the spotlight and they don't want the spotlight. We were born for it. Hmm. That's very different. When you understand this is not anything I'm asking God for. This is what I was born for. <laughs> How do you? How do you reconcile that statement with the, the paradigm, the paradigm of, you know, being an extrovert, introvert, ambivert? How do you reconcile that with we were born for that? Or if it's within us, we were born for, but if it's not within us, then that's just not our journey. Everyone was born for the spotlight. It's just unique for them what it's for. So for instance, my aunt, she's 83 years old right now. And my aunt lived, lives and continues to live many seasons of the spotlight. One of her spotlight seasons was making the best peach cobbler of our entire family. So every major holiday spotlight, Aunt Jean has to make the peach cobbler, right? Now, my great grandfather, his spotlight was to found one, two, three, four, five churches in Texas. And that was his spotlight. Um, you know, one of my girlfriends, her spotlight is she can knit you the best blankets. Everybody love, oh, give me one of those blankets. So what we must understand is that whatever our spotlight is, 
That's just it for us. Mine is holding a microphone, telling stories, um, bringing wisdom, channeling from other dimensions of the universe. But for someone next to me, it might be that they make the best chicken tortilla soup on the planet and that becomes the it for them. So we've got to stop judging and comparing spotlights. And, and also, I think that people have to stop saying, not for me. If, if being in the spotlight means having a home that you did not have for yourself, but you want to give it to your children, and your spotlight is spending 18 to 21 years making that safe and beautiful for them, and then you reinvent and reiterate after that, then so be it. But the spotlight is meant for all of us in our own unique paths. I am so gonna tell someone that tonight. Like, I don't know when, I don't know how, but I'm telling somebody that tonight, tonight. So you, have, <laughs> you, um, you alluded to softly just now about you being able to vibrate or receive frequencies in a way that support individuals. Um, and I will do channeling. And I remember when I first, saw you channel with the intention of letting the audience know what you were doing because i definitely believe you've been channeling for a while but i don't you've never said all right so i channel now or i'm letting you now know that i channel and i have something for you what has that journey been for you because you you know we're all these things a life coach a badass in the corporate world, uh, being able to be create millions for multiple people, like multiple, multiple people, not just like 25. And at a very significant scale for those humans. Yeah, and at a young age, and, and at a very young and age. And being a right. woman and living in America, yeah. Right, and with the story that you have with your dad and all those things, living in San Antonio, like how did that journey come? Um, you can tell me as as specific or as detailed as you like, but I would love to know that about you because that's something I don't even know how you came into channeling. Yeah. So thank you for asking that question. Like every one of us, I experienced my spiritual gift at a really young age. Um, and I remember being able to hear voices and hear truth and hear consciousness. And I would tell my mother, I would walk away at a restaurant and go give messages to people. And it might be their dead child or missing child or something like that. Um, but the challenge was that my mother was living her life without the consciousness of, I can only live a life for my children if I make room for them. My mother really didn't have room for us inside of her life. So she was still trying to be successful. She was still trying to meet a man and have a husband. And oh, by the way, I got these two kids that came as a result of these other failed relationships. Now, I'm not saying my mother didn't love us. My mother didn't esteem us. Obviously, she did. Um, I wouldn't be where I am today without those investments. But because she was alone and still trying to make her life, she was working three jobs. 
which means when she came home, she wasn't able to be like, so sweetheart, what spiritual gifts did you discover within yourself today? You know, tell me all your ideas. Right. And because that wasn't there, I then internalized what was occurring for me as weird. And I think that's what most starseed children have done, meaning we were born in late 70s, early 80s. There'll probably be some 60s babies um, that are like, count me in that too. Like I, I'm in there 60s, 70s, early 90s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Those children, we were latchkey children. So our parents were on the go. So my gift didn't get fully developed. I just kept tapping into it. It became a thing I knew, uh, do we need this right now? Let me try. So whenever we got into weird situations as teenagers, I would go, mm, let me see if this gift will work right now. And I would instantly manifest a resource support. Uh, I remember getting abused on a military base by some men that we thought we were going to go on a date with, but instead they wanted to take from us, if you know what I mean, instead of treat us well and see what we might be willing to co-create together. And I remember in the midst of the situation, I closed my eyes and I said, I know my power, rescue us now. And just then somebody beat on the door and opened the door like, yo, y'all wanna go? And they were like, whoa. And I was like, Help! and I like ran out. And that was the breakthrough that I needed right there in that moment. So I had these whispers. And the reason that I tell these stories is because I want other humans to consider where are your whispers? And it wasn't until my mother ascended from this life, we say ascended instead of died, that that was a jarring enough wake up call. And most humans, that's what you live. You live a divorce, you live a traumatic situation, you live a grief, you live a loss that is so jarring that it wakes you up to look around. And what I woke up to, the last part I'll say to answer this one question, I woke up and looked around and I thought, I don't like my life. My mother just died and I didn't like my life before she died and I like my life even less now. And the Bible says in Ephesians 3.20, that God would give me exceeding abundant above all I can ask, imagine, or think, but my life sucks. And so either God is wrong and bad and failing or somewhere I've misunderstood how this life works. And it was either end my life and meet my mom wherever she was, which was seriously on the table, or give myself permission to, to find that Ephesians 3.20 life. And I chose that. And that's what's awakened me to my greater, my greater gifts. That's what's allowed me to shift from a career, which was very lucrative, but it wasn't wholly fulfilling because it wasn't my ultimate calling. And that's what's produced this version of who I am today, a softer side of success, a more surrendered side of success and a side of success that doesn't require that I sacrifice my own significance in order to maintain it.
Indeed, and you talked about the whispers, those divine whispers for those that are co-creating this episode with us. How do you, what are some things that we can do to tap in or just become more aware of those whispers when we feel as though no one's talking to us, we are forgotten. And in fact, we're not, they're just whispers. We don't know how to tap into that energy. Yeah. Um, One of the first things I started doing was writing it down. And I started writing down the difference between the whispers. I would have bullying whispers. And I, at first, wasn't writing those because I was like, I don't want to remember that. But then it started supporting me because as I wrote the voice of the bully, I could tell it wasn't my voice. And so that was really supportive. Then I would write down the voice that always gave me ideas. And I realized, wow, I have a lot of ideas. And that's what helped me understand when we're seeking ideas, we go into an idea pool. We go into the same creative power that made Apple, that made Amazon. We go into the same creative pool that developed a Michael Jackson. And so why we often feel like we don't have enough time to get our ideas out is we don't realize we were in an idea pool. All of those ideas aren't meant for us to execute. And that's where um, meditation matters so that you can really choose what is yours. So what I say to everyone is when you start, start with two minutes a day of meditation. And the best thing that you can do is notice what are all the thoughts that distract you. The moment that you close your eyes, are you forcing your eyes closed? Write that down after meditation. I realized that I have to force my eyes closed. Did you think about all your errands? Write that down. That tells you that you've got an issue with overextension. Your mind is so overextended, just write it down. Most people wanna close their eyes and be magically moved to some part of where. All that's gonna happen is every way that you think in default is gonna show up. If you think in default of worry, all of your worry is gonna show up. But if you think in default of joy, all your joy is gonna show up. So the goal is just to notice what shows up and then say, I noticed worry showed up. I'd like to meet joy tomorrow. And guess what? Just like burgers, fries, chips, you're going to have a little bit of worry and a little bit of joy. And you're just going to continue to shift your energetic palette layer by layer. But we've got to stop wanting that one and done situation. The universe is not just going to drop its drawers and give us everything at once because we can't fully receive it that way anyway. Completely agree with that. And with you talked about the idea pool, I think I'm going to say for me, that resonated with me when the moment you said it, because there are times when you don't feel like, and this goes back to being a preacher's kid, um, you don't want to bury your talents. So you think of every idea is a talent, is an idea from the divine, and here you are not pursuing it here you are not creating a path for existence for it and so now you shame yourself and you feel internally inadequate because you're you aren't being mindful or you aren't being a good steward of your gifts and your talents so thank you for that part you're so welcome you're so welcome and a lot of us 
um, were introduced to those types of scriptures through humans that were proving themselves. That life, that era, that season, they were proving themselves. So that's why we've got to take wisdom with a grain of salt. And we've got to always use our bodies as the highest source of intelligence, which is why we need to be well rested, you know, and, um, and most of us are not, most of us, our sleep is the most detrimental aspect is that we're not resting well. And as a reflection, we can't think or be well, and that matters. Most definitely. And one thing about being well, I learned a lot about being well from you. So for those who are listening, your Cold Cranes episode with us, uh, this is, I'm letting you all know, there's nothing to be transparent about because it's not like I did anything illegal, uh, but I used to definitely work for Allison. She would bring me on for different projects that she was having years ago, and I would do my absolute best to support her. And it was not until I was in Allison's home that I realized that being well is not just something you haphazardly say about self-care or soul care. Like that is an intentional thing um, on so many levels to the point that I remember Allison even telling me, she asked me what I wanted to eat. I was like, sugar rice. She was like, that is such <laughs> a low vibrational. <laughs> like, we're well, not cooking that here. <laughs> you're not gonna, you're not gonna <laughs> do that to me. You're not gonna do that. So knowing you from that space, knowing you from, cause you were the person that allowed me to sell my first $50,000 uh, program for another uh, brand that you were supporting at the time. Um, you allowed me to do so many things in my life because of how you were showing up at the time. And yes, you were showing up in a way that was very, let's get this money, like let's move this money, let's make this happen. Like, why are you not, like, why are you not moving? Like, I, I'm confused, why are we fast, not doing this? Fast. <laughs> very fast. So I understand that there is, there has been a shift in the way you show up and the shift in the way you support and even a shift in the way that others support you. So there may be people who are still thinking that you are that version of Allison Bird. And while that version supported you, I would love for the rest of us, all of us to know more about this, more specificity around what you're doing now um, and the role that you play because it, it feels like to me that you're, you are definitely not performative. I, I never feel like you were, but it's different now. Like you're not even on social media that hard. Uh, and we miss you of not, but I, I use a different word. I love it when you're on social media. <laughs> so let me be clear about that. So yes, <laughs> what does that being look like now for you, the way you express it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was something that I used to teach all the time, which was that anyone that wanted to have a minimum of a million dollar year, when properly priced and energetically aligned, there was no way as a service-based entrepreneur, content developer, content creator, coach, strategist, consultant, speaker, you name it, all of those roles 
There was no way that you needed more than 25 clients in order to do that. And one day uh, I was just thinking about that and I thought, well, why am I doing all this other stuff? <laughs> I was like, I've been teaching this exact exquisite point. Why aren't I living by it? And isn't that so common that the thing that we teach is often the thing that we need to know the most for ourselves? And so I became my premium client and I began to coach myself. I started having two notebooks and looking back and forth and like asking myself a question, answering this way. And what I realized is that humanity is being awakened into their gifts. They're resigning from hard and they're stepping into relationship with the premium energetics called passion, called purpose, called prosperity. And if you're going to do that, most people are Google searching, how do I build a course? How do I start a channel on this? But nobody is accessing, how do I speak well of myself? How do I speak about my product, my service? How do I position it? How do I allow people to see me? How do I give myself permission to put a phone in a stand? How do I give myself permission to go hold a microphone? Those energetics matter. They matter. And I realized that not enough teachers were teaching it. And that's when I went, oh, you mean this observation is not so that I'm in judgment, but so that I'm an answer. And Gandhi said it this way, be the change you wish to see. So what I recognize I have an opportunity to be right now. Number one, I didn't have to work. I had to decide what, you know, what did I want to do? Am I in the position where I don't need any other income ever again? No, but I didn't have to choose this path. I really just gave myself permission to say, what would give me the most joy? And I realized, Asa, that when people come into my space, their walls come down. And because their walls come down, their truth comes out. And when that truth comes out, it recodes them. And whether you're listening to Joe Dispenza talk about quantum physics, whether you're listening to Joel Osteen talk about the energetic of God and Jesus, or whether you know, you're listening to a Jordan Peterson that's talking about consciousness, it's all the same thing. Live a high quality existence, be kind to yourself, and, uh, and when you do, you'll be a kinder demonstration to others. And I realized that people's gifts are being activated and I don't wanna be a coach that is helping people be unkind to themselves. I wanna be a coach that helps them go, damn, I do have something to say. I do have a voice inside of me. And if I alchemize my lived experiences, shit. I got something so juicy that people would pay me for it. If I, if, if I give myself permission to look at what I've marginalized and really find that gift inside of it, then suddenly I've got something to say. So I wanna say to anyone, if you've got a powerful story that you know how to position and you could, this is how I started making money, Asa, 
I started um, $1,000, it was about $1,000. And I knew if I could speak in front of five people, five times a month, I could at least sell one package each time, maybe two, that would at least make me five grand a month. So being a powerful spokesperson of your mission can make life very simple. And you can spend majority of your time journaling, writing, uh, building schools, water wells, whatever lights you up and a very small amount of your time actually working and you won't even feel like you did work because you're so soul satisfied. So that's a mission for me right now is helping to activate those vocal codes for stage and spotlight abundance so that most humans can now tap into small audiences, use this throat chakra, which this throat center right here looks very similar to the feminine yoni. So when you are open and in divine flow, this opens up and uh -huh. so does your prosperity to meet you. And that's pretty, that's pretty badass, I think. I agree. Pretty badass, definitely. So with all of that being said, and as we begin to uh, wrap up this conversation, do, because I haven't asked this of you in quite some time, do people, can people reach out to you or have you, or is it more like a, you need to feel energetically aligned to the person that you support now or do they go somewhere to find you and inquire about being closer to you, proximity to you and what you do? Yeah, this is probably the least amount of exclusivity I've had in my entire career. Oh. I'm so accessible. I'm so reachable. I want to hug everybody, love everybody, be with everybody because I'm working less and living more. So I have more energetic capacity to be with the divine order that's inside of everyone. And I'm having so much fun. I'm talking to everybody, hanging out with everybody. And so, yeah, you know, like this year, I'll do uh, probably one to three in-person experiences and mixers and things like that. And the other parts of my time will be in some high level intimate master hearts instead of mastermind, I'm doing master hearts. And, um, and then the rest of that time, I'll be healing my nervous system, um, releasing weight that I've put on my body after my uncoupling that I've walked through for the last 10, 11 months. I was very sad. And so I kind of retreated into some old habits and hid myself inside my pain body. That's a habit that I've had over the course of my years. So I'll be reconciling and healing that. And I'll just be taking life slower and softer and letting my universe really show me where my gifts are making room for me over the next decade. Thank you. I'm very, I'm clear now, but I, it's nice to know that uh, you're in the least exclusivity, exclusive uh, stage of your life, because I am, if you, anyone under the sound of my voice, please know, um, even though we don't need to say, well, I don't need to say what you need, but I will say, if you don't have anybody like Allison in your life, it is necessary. 
Um, <laughs> I will say at least that it is beyond necessary for that to take place sooner rather than later. And again, she doesn't, she's not selling anything. She's not promoting anything uh, in this moment as you all can hear, but I'm, I'm adding some, uh, <laughs> I'm adding a little level of push to you um, or maybe not push. Um, I offer you that there is a, a frequency that you can, that is yours and it is available and that you can allow in order to resonate more with Allison and reach out to her because your life will not be the same um, once you do. And that's just the reality that I've known for a decade now. Yeah, a decade. You can try to fight it. You can try to fight it. You can try. Like Allison is that last chip in the bag. Like you think you're not gonna eat that last chip, but baby. <laughs> You can try. Uh, there ain't no willpower on earth. It's gonna happen. It's just gonna happen. So, Allison, thank you for showing up as you do showing out um, and providing us so many digestively and delicious things um, about the energetic spoons, about the idea pool, listen to the whispers. Um, and, and yes, your people's walls do come down. You are the energetic Joshua with the walls of Jericho, like for sure. Uh, <laughs> That's no, somebody no, said that. I received. <laughs> no trumpet needed. No trumpet needed. Uh, just alignment. That is it. So thank you for showing up. Thank you for making a difference for Icon Nation, for those um, who have co-created this episode with us. And please, if there's anything that you would like to um, let us in on or know about or seem that you just want us to ponder the time is yours um there's a couple of things the first thing that i want to say is one thing that's birthing through me is teaching leaders how to master their voice as medicine to heal our world like our voices and our stories are bombs to help humanity heal and create progress, whether you're a politician, whether you're a minister, whether you're a, in the C-suite in corporate, whether you're an entrepreneur or a small business owner, um, there's no hierarchy in consciousness. Our consciousness matters everywhere. So, um, you know, be on the lookout for my um, voice as medicine, um, you know, in-person experiences that I'll do. And then the last thing that I'll say in regard to tools is I was very serious when I said, meditate two minutes a day, meditate two minutes a day. This is where I started two minutes a day, uh, right when my eyes opened, my first two minutes were meditation. Um, in the middle of the day, I created two minutes. And then at the end of the day before I went to bed, my final two minutes were meditation. And all you want to do is just first notice. You just want to notice, observe, and chronicle. And look at where your thoughts, feelings, and emotions, and energetic capacities are going. 
And that's going to be the first miracle to help you see, wow, I spend most of my energy arguing with myself. This is why I don't trust my creativity. Wow, I'm spending a lot of my energy arguing with my partner in my head. This is why when we come together, we experience friction instead of passion. Like you're going to see just in those six minutes Every single day, your entire perception will open up and that will help you unlock new portals of prosperity in a big way. So those are the two things I would, I would leave off with. And of course, follow me on the gram. Hello. <laughs> yes, please do everyone. And if you are not knowledgeable about how to do that, go to the show notes. Again, I say again, go to the show notes, the, her, the Allison Bird link for her Instagram is there and available for you. And please know you're going to love it. I'm, I'm, I'm very confident you're going to love it. If you, allow, if you allow someone to see the fullness of who you are um, and you're ready for that ride, you're going to love it. Now, if you're not ready for that ride, you're going to think she's evil. <laughs> and you're going to call her Corella. Um, however, <laughs> I'm telling you, you just gotta be ready for this thing. You just gotta be ready. That's it. But you'll love it if you if you if you allow yourself to love it. So again, Allison, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Um, for those of you who are co-creating, I appreciate you. Thank you for co-creating this time together. And always, I am Asa Laveau, Icon Architect, Dreams, and Radical Blessings.